Dr. Alan Leica here, and I'd like to welcome you to How to Live a Fantastic Life Show, where we will be discussing the important aspects of your life. We hope to inspire you to live the best life you can. Get out of your comfort zone and explore the awesome world around you. Break through your barriers. Take inspired action. Use the difficulties in your life to achieve the best version of you. Ladies and gentlemen, today we have a very special guest. Her name is Allison Kiro, and she began her career as a professional organizer in 2004 in New York City when she formed her first business. Uh, being a cluttered person herself, it may seem odd that she became a professional organizer. However, Allison soon realized that she understood where the clutter came from. And because she had struggled with it all her life, using a system Allison developed, she now helps people clear the clutter uh, from their homes and their heads by using an easily adaptable five-step system. Welcome, Allison. How are you today? I'm really well. Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Why are people cluttered these days? I mean, it seems like there is more and more paper coming at us, even though we were supposed to go to a paperless society. I know that that always makes me chuckle because you by now you would have thought we really didn't have much need for paper. And yet we seem to have more of it in these days than ever. Um, I mean, there's a lot of things that go into it, but I think part of it is that our society has been built around us having more and more stuff as a symbol of, oh, look, your life is going really well. And also we've created a society where we're living with, oh, you buy it. It's good for a couple of months and then you expect it to break or fall apart on you and you have to go buy it again. So we really don't even have stuff that is meant to last um, and um, the other thing is that I think we're all struggling right now. Um, if you haven't had some sort of a struggle during this pandemic, um, then you, there's something probably wrong with you, I think, at this point. And a lot of the clutter that you're seeing out is a sign that there's something going on internally, because I really, truly believe that clutter starts when you start ignoring your spirituality, and then when you start allowing emotional clutter to start building up, and then it starts showing up either as physical clutter in terms of an Ill- illness or ailment in your body, or it starts spreading out. I mean, they say that clutter causes anxiety and depression, but it also shows that you are struggling with anxiety and depression. So it's sort of like you get on this vicious cycle and you don't know how to get off because it's all of it's just sort of creating a thing where you really, you keep doing it and doing it and doing it. And if you have no idea how to do it to get off, it's almost impossible. Yeah, I, I think another thing that's going on in our lives is that, change has been so rapid and so dramatic that people hang on to things because that's the only constant in their life these days. Change has been, I I don't think we've ever lived in a period of time where we've had so much upheaval going on. Yes. had so much going on in our daily lives. And it's, it's really minute to minute, day to day. It seems to be an ongoing process where, you know, we get good news and then we get bad news and then we get worse news. And it's just like this constant uh, 
plethora of bad news that goes on. We hang on to things because it gives some sameness and rationality to our lives. Right. Um, and which can be a really good thing. The problem is when you're holding on to everything and you're assigning some sort of a safety thing to it, to something such as, you know, trash, crumpled up paper, uh, you know, clothing you haven't worn in six or seven years that have holes in it, um, you know, broken appliances that, you know, you're hanging around a bunch of stuff that really doesn't tell you um, a good story about who you are. You know, it, it ends up a lot of it if you're because sometimes I think what happens is they're so afraid of any sort of change, even if it's good change, they can't let anything go. And then they start assigning emotions to inanimate objects to help them feel safe with their surroundings. And even though they're living in a, in a very dis, uh, cluttered home, there's a feeling of, well, this is my home and at least I can control it. Even if it's not the way I want it to look, I get to control it. But the thing is, is I, I think that in that situation, you aren't controlling your environment. You are just creating an environment that looks as discluttered as your internal environment is looking. And you aren't in control of either one of them because, you know, to me, Half the process of organizing is simply just making decisions, right? Do I like it? Do I need it? Do I use it? But if you don't know how to make good decisions, if that skill hasn't been taught to you, which most of us don't get taught that, how do you know how to make a good decision? And how do you know which of the thoughts of should I get rid of this is clutter or is it you telling yourself, yeah, you're worth it. Keep this nice thing around you. So I think, I think it's important to have some degree of control. And that's where you have to really get this, this in the front of things rather than right. mind the things. I right. think what happens is we like to be in control, but then the problem is clutter takes over for itself and it clutters itself. And, yes. You know, it does take time to deal with clutter. That's one yeah. of the things well, that it- people have to realize. It took time to build up the clutter. You know, it's sort of like, okay, maybe you started out weighing 100 pounds. Ten years down the road, you weigh 130. It took you 10 years to gain 30 pounds. Do you honestly expect that it's going to take you a week to get that weight off? Not if you're going to do it in a way that's going to stay that way. And I think that's what people want is they're so exhausted by their clutter that they just want it to go away. But the problem is, unless you address what was causing the clutter in the first place, even if you pay someone to go through your house and make it perfect, if you're not ready for that change and you're not responsible for that change, more often than not, I've, I've seen it go back to worse. And, and I've, I've, I've cleared up places where a week later it was worse than before I started because they weren't ready for the change and they weren't taking responsibility for the change. It's like hiring someone to go on a diet for you and then wondering why you're not the one losing the weight. It's, it's a, it's a difficult thing. I, I became uh, aware of the concepts of, of how to deal with clutter many years ago when somebody wrote a book called Taming the Paper Tiger. You probably read that book or are aware of it. It was first I'm aware of it, yeah. Wendy Gresnell, you know, that was like 20 years ago or 30 years ago now. She was well ahead of her time trying to get things organized. She invented a system, but the problem was the system was so complicated to use that many yeah. people couldn't follow the system. Yeah. And it's It's okay to develop a system that 
encompassing everything. You have this wonderful schema where you put everything in its place and you design a place for it. And then, but then it takes hours a day for it to work. That That's not how we function in our daily lives. No. As I said, this constant upheaval is going on us. If we have to spend a whole hour, hours and hours every day keeping people in form, keeping it in shape, it's not going to happen. No, no. In fact, what I tell people is when they're setting up a system, make sure it's so easy a four-year-old could figure it out because if you overcomplicate it, and most of us seem to think that you have to make a, a, a system complicated for it to work, but then it's so hard you don't want it to work. So it really has to be simple. And basically what my system is... Um, is that there's really five steps to the organizational process. And the first step is awareness, right? You have to be aware that there's an issue. You also have to be aware of what you own, where it is, and how you feel about it, right? Because if you don't know what you own, how do you know what you need and what you don't need, right? Um, if you don't know where it is, how can you use it or find it? Um, and if you really don't like it, why are you keeping it in your home? Because a lot of these things that you're keeping is attached to fear and shame and apathy and guilt. And when do you think that you can make a good decision when your life is being ruled by fear and apathy and guilt and shame? I've never met anyone who makes good decisions with those emotions ruling their lives. And so a lot of it is that you are surrounding yourself not only with the in or the tangible stuff that is telling you you're not good enough and you're not worthy, but I will be willing to go out on a limb and bet that it's not just the tangible clutter, but relationships in your life that are also telling you you're not good enough and you're not worthy and is adding a lot of clutter into your life. You know, everything that is happening is not, you're not going to have a great life, but then there's clutter. There's other forms of clutter coming up because you're really running into the guilt, the fear, the shame, the apathy. So once you're aware of all of that, what you can do is you can start setting a goal. Say it's, I want to walk into my closet and I want to know where everything is and be able to find it quickly. I want to know that everything fits me well. And I want to know that I really like everything I own, right? Because when you do that and you walk into your closet, you feel empowered. Everything that you own, you know, is going to look great on you. How can you not walk out in a different um, energy than you, what you would if you walk into a cluttered closet, you can't find anything and nothing looks good on you. So you set a, a simple goal. So, Allison, let's get back to the basics just so that people sure. will understand this a little bit better. And so, so let's suppose a person realizes that there is a problem. Where uh -huh. do they start next? Okay. Well, they're aware of the problem. So, the, okay. So what you want to do is if it's in your house, you want to start picking an area. So I would say I normally recommend starting in your bedroom, but that's also a large area. And that's usually where the majority of the clutter is being kept. So if it's too much to tackle the whole room, just start on your wardrobe, right? If that's too much, narrow it down to just your tops. If that's too much for you to deal with, just pick a category like sweaters. And then you grab everything of that item that category that you want to focus on because you have to have it all in front of you so that you know where it is and you know what you have so that then you can make informed decisions because if you're like oh I think I have a black turtleneck somewhere and you're going through all your shirts but you're not exactly positive how are you actually going to make it you know make an informed decision if you don't even know what you have right 
So just even just putting it in front of you and gathering it all together. That's the first step. You just pick one category and then you gather all those items of that category together so that you can look at it and then you can start making decisions on what what you want in your life and what you need in your life. And I think that's where we start. You start with deciding, first of all, if there's a problem. Second of yeah. all, you decide. Well, that's awareness. This is the thing I want to address. And then I think the next step, maybe I'm being simplistic, is saying, well, do I have the right tops? Do I have the ones that want me to look good? Do I have the ones that I want to keep any longer? Or do I want to keep let some of these go? Right, exactly. Um, and part of that is by, you can help yourself along, I think, by setting, once you know what your goal is, you can set healthy boundaries. So this is important because this is going to help you make your decisions easier, and it's also going to help you stop from doing it again in the future. So your boundary when dealing with your clothes can be, it has to fit me well. I have to, it has to be made well, so it's going to last a while, so I can keep wearing it. Um, and I have to be excited about wearing it, right? So if you have those and in good shape, so if you have those four criteria as boundaries, it's going to help you make smarter decisions for yourself rather than letting the fear, the guilt, the shame get into your head of, okay, well, this is a shirt um, and I haven't worn it in six years. And then two seconds later, you might go, but I might wear it again. But I, you know, I don't know. Do I need it? You know, and then the, you start thinking in other directions. But if you have clear boundaries and you're like, this doesn't fit me anymore, that's an easy decision. Boom, it's gone, you know? Or I haven't won this in over two years. Boom, it's gone. When you set the boundaries, the boundaries help you keep in line with what you want to, with how you want to reach your goals. Yeah, and I think that's important. And I think people have to realize the importance of this. Now, what would be the end result of becoming more organized like this, Allison? What can a person okay. expect to achieve? Well, number one, the other, the fourth step is that when you're going through this process and the typical American home has about 300,000 items. So you're going through each item one by one and you have to make a decision. So you're going to start having to learn to trust your gut instinct because your gut, your inner knowingness knows whether you really need it or not in your life, whether it's going to be good for you or not. So you get to get in touch with what your gut and your intuition is saying, which I think is a hugely powerful tool and after you go through say 300,000 items don't you think that you would be better at making decisions because you've made them so many times right so you've gotten a lot of practice in I think this helps you make smarter more empowered decisions and I think it helps you make those decisions much easier you're not going to be you know now when I make a decision I it Boom. I know. I don't go, oh, well, I think I want this. But then the guilt, the fear, and the shame comes in and says, well, no, what about this? And no, what about that? And blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, it used to take me a while and I'd be, you know, stressed about making a decision. And now I just trust my gut. It knows where I want to go. And it's usually the right decision. So for me, I feel like it really just empowers you so that you can make those smart decisions for yourself and get rid of the internal and the external clutter and all those things that tell you you're not enough and you're not valuable. I think it helps you feel like you deserve to be able to show up in life in everything because you've surrounded yourself with all of these things that are now telling you I am worthy. 
I get to have this good life. And you're, you're, you've held up those boundaries. So that stuff that was coming in before all that clutter doesn't come into your life anymore because you recognize it more easily and you can make a more empowered decision to get it out of your life either before it starts or as soon as it starts to go bad. Adam, I, I think this is the key here. It's getting some control back. It's yes. really about getting some of the things back that you've been lapsing. And I, I think the driving force for this would become from a person that has literally lost that control. Yes. Um, the thing that might hold people back is a little bit of, of when they go through that process of, of putting things away, they literally lose something. They they literally go through a bit of a shame reaction in that they think, uh, I'm so afraid I might miss something by putting things away. How would you address that? Well, you're, you just brought up two different different types of clutter in your emotional clutter thing of fear and shame. That's emotional clutter coming into your head and telling you that you can't do anything right, right? So how do you function when your own head is not t- is telling you you're not even trustworthy, right? So this is why I love this exercise because when you start trusting your gut, your gut tells you you are trustworthy. So, um, you know, again, you have to start addressing, once you get rid of the physical clutter, it helps you to start becoming aware of the emotional clutter and using the same exact strategy, you can start addressing that and getting rid of it and going, you know what? No, you know what? First of all, everybody loses something. No one is perfect. It's okay. A lot of times if you created the system and you've gotten a lot of that stuff out of your house, you're going to be able to find stuff because there's actually space. Also part of the organizing thing is designating a spot for everything putting like things together so that when you, you know, and when you know that when you finish with something, you put it back in its designated spot, that should help you a stop clutter in its tracks and be always be able to find something because you've got the space and you know that you put something back where you, where you got it, where it belongs and it's near other stuff that can help you remember where you put it. And, you know, even me, sometimes I will misplace something and I go, what am I doing? I'm an organizer. How can this happen? And then I go, oh, my God, I'm a human being. Stuff happens. Let it go. I sometimes I'm not even Catholic. I call on St. Anthony and I don't know what that that St. Anthony is magical and he helps me find stuff. So, you know, mostly probably because I've let it go and I've stopped internally cluttering up my thought process and then something will show where it's supposed to be. So you, you just have to be aware that the mental stuff is half the, half the battle, the mental clutter. Sure. So Allison, you shared with me how you live a fantastic life. What (laughs) advice do you give for others out there who are on the show so they can have a fantastic life too? Well, I mean, my life is not fantastic, but, you know, most days I'm healthy. I've lost my health before, so I know how valuable that is. And I use this system to actually create a better life for myself. I had I had Lyme disease so bad I couldn't get out of bed, so bad I couldn't see half the time. I couldn't think. I couldn't function. I was in pain, and I didn't know if it was ever going to end. And I used this system to help me get my life back 
in, 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 in an order and in a way that I wanted. And so I feel like I'm showing up now in a way that I want and that the people who are interacting me, with me are now showing up in a new and better and different way because I use this system. So, you know, if you really want to create the change, don't have expectations that things are going to happen overnight. You know, those overnight successes? No, there's like 10, 20 years of them putting in the work and then it happened. As it was say, never an overnight it's, success. It's an overnight success, 20 years in the making. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You, you know, and you can't undo what you've done in two seconds. So it's a little bit out of time. You can do it, but you have to keep working on that internal emotional and spiritual clutter and taking, you know, and ch every day chiseling away at it so that you keep surrounding yourselves with messages, whether it's what you wear, whether it's the friends you keep, the job you have, everything, the food you eat, and the things that you say to yourself are all telling you, you are worthy, you are worth it, you can do it. Because the more that you surround yourself with that, the easier it is even when you're having a hard day and want to give up. Because we all have that no matter how great and successful we are. We all have times where things feel unmanageable but when you have a good system in place those feelings go away a heck of a lot quicker than they do if you don't have any system put in place well allison we're getting close to our end here and i'd like to share with our people out there that the number one thing you can do is it's not what happens to you it's what you do with what happens yeah and allison here has really shared with us a way to help you live a better life by doing things that can make it happen for you. Yeah. So, Allison Kiro, how can people get in touch with you if they'd like to? Uh, well, my website is alisonkiro.com, and that's A-L-I-S-O-N-K-E-R-O. -O. Um, I'm also on TikTok, uh, LinkedIn, Facebook, and all under that name. So, if you can spell my name correctly, you should be able to find me because I think I'm the only Allison Kiro around. So... Now that's cool, and I think that's important. So I'd like to thank you for spending the time with us today, Allison. And I'd like you to I thank you for sharing your system that people can adapt and use in their lives on a daily basis. Well, thank you so much for inviting me on and letting me share this with your listeners because I really feel like if we can all collectively get rid of some of this clutter, all of our lives can change dramatically, and we all deserve that. Yes, thank you, Allison. I think that, that's good. So to our listeners out there, if you like the show, could you please like it so it can get to more people? And also, can you please uh, put some comments down so that we can make our show better? Thank you very much, everybody. Have a fantastic day. You've been listening to How to Live a Fantastic Life. Be sure and pick up a copy of Dr. Laika's book, The Secrets to Living a Fantastic Life, on Amazon.com. And you'll want to subscribe right here on this page so you don't miss a single episode. Have a fantastic day.